Can you build muscle mainly consuming plant-based proteins and not consuming any animal-based proteins? And the answer is absolutely. The research pretty clearly shows now that if you consume adequate amounts of total protein, it doesn't really matter where your protein is coming from, you're still going to maximally build muscle. What's up, my friends? Welcome back to the Dr. Joey Munoz Show. I hope you're having an absolutely fantastic day. I just got back from the gym. Uh, did some upper body today, did some dumbbell chest pressing, did some pull-ups, some rows. It was a great, fantastic workout. So as I'm sure you can tell, I'm in a fantastic mood right now because I always feel great after a really good workout. I hope you guys are killing it in the gym this week too, getting some awesome workouts and making some gains. At the end of the day, that's what life is all about, right? Um, all jokes aside, guys, I'm really excited for this episode today. We are going to be taking a deep dive on protein specifically protein for building muscle. And then we're also going to be talking about certain myths around protein consumption and health. Like, does protein cause cancer? Does it cause kidney damage? Which are some common questions that, slash myths that people often perpetuate. Before we get into that, guys, if you're enjoying the podcast so far, you guys know I ask you this pretty much every week. If those of you guys that have already left a rating and a review... I'm sorry to ask again, but for those of you that have not, it helps me tremendously. If you guys leave a review on the podcast and you rate it as well on whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, if you're watching on YouTube, give it a thumbs up, helps me a ton, and subscribe to my channel so you don't miss any future episodes. I'm going to keep annoying you guys with this every single week because obviously, I really want to continue growing this podcast and I want to be able to reach as many people as possible and spread the message and educate people about nutrition and training so that everybody can live a healthier life and have a fantastic looking physique while they do so. Anyways, let's go ahead and jump right into it. I think it's important to start by discussing what is protein and why is it even important for muscle growth in the first place, right? I'm going to talk about this question specifically for not too long because I feel like most listeners to this podcast probably already have a pretty good overview of this. But for some of you that may be newer to the whole nutrition space, let's go ahead and dive into that. So protein is one of the three main macronutrients, right? Foods have carbohydrates, they have proteins, and they have fats. So protein is one of those main nutrients found in food. Now, the reason why protein is uniquely important for building muscle it's because our muscle is mainly made out of protein, right? It's really that simple. So when we work out, or actually throughout the day, 24-7, we have this balance between what's called muscle protein synthesis and muscle protein breakdown. So at any given time, we are building muscle or we're breaking down muscle tissue, right? And what matters for muscle growth is the net difference between those two variables. So if your overall muscle protein synthesis is greater than your muscle protein breakdown, then you are going to build muscle, right? And there's several things that stimulate muscle protein synthesis. One of those being resistance training, lifting weights, and another of those being protein intake. So consuming protein helps stimulate muscle protein synthesis. If you don't consume sufficient protein, you simply don't have enough of the building blocks necessary to build additional muscle. Okay, so that's really the reason why protein is so important for building muscle. Like muscle is made out of protein, 
If you don't have protein, you can't really build substantial new muscle. So we need to be able to consume sufficient protein from our diet, which leads us to the next question, which is how much protein should you be consuming if you want to build muscle? Now, the FDA sets these different guidelines for recommendations of a whole host of different nutrients. One of those including includes protein, right? So the RDA, which is the recommended daily allowance for protein is about 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. So for somebody like myself, I weigh around 220 pounds. That's about 100 kilograms because one kilogram is 2.2 pounds. That would be about 80 grams of protein, according to the RDA. However, the RDA is not sufficient to maximally stimulate muscle growth. Okay, there's a really fantastic article. It's a position stand that's published by the ISSN. That is the International Society for Sports Nutrition. And essentially what they do is get a, a consensus from all of the experts in the field who review all of the available research on a particular topic. In this case, it's the effects of protein on muscle growth. And they essentially put together certain guidelines, right? And according to that position stand, consuming between 1.4 to 2 grams per kilogram of body weight um, is substantially better and optimal for muscle growth. So the thing we need to address is why are the requirements for protein to build muscle substantially greater than the RDA? Here's why. The RDA, the levels for the RDAs are set essentially to prevent deficiencies, not to optimize health. Okay, so by definition, if you consume about 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight, you won't be deficient in protein because your body needs protein for other physiological functions, not just building muscle. And if you eat that amount, you won't be deficient. But that's not talking about optimal health or building muscle optimally, which we can argue is very beneficial for your health, right? So the overall research really does show that consuming about 1.4 grams to 2 grams uh, per kilogram of body weight is substantially better. Now, that's a wide range, right? For myself, again, weighing about 100 kilograms, that's between 140 to about 200 grams of protein. Why is there such a large discrepancy? Well, we need to talk about different variables that influence protein requirements. So what are the variables that influence how much protein you need? Okay, so let's talk about this range, 1.4 grams to two grams. And I'm gonna talk about variables that let you get away with the lower end of that range, um, as well as variables that perhaps mean that you should be on the higher end of that range, okay? So protein requirements are influenced by your age. They're influenced by your level of lean body mass, how much muscle you have. And they also are influenced by your energy status, aka are you maintaining your weight, are you in a surplus, are you gaining weight, or are you in a deficit, are you losing weight, right? In general, if someone is older, if someone is leaner, aka they have more muscle mass, or if someone is in a calorie deficit, they likely should be on the higher end of that protein intake, right? So closer to the 2.0 grams per kilogram. Reason being, the older you are, the less sensitive you are to the anabolic effects, aka the growth effects of protein, 
right? So 30 grams of protein for a younger person will be more anabolic than 30 grams of protein for an older person. That's what we call anabolic resistance. So as you age, you should consume a higher quantity of protein. Body fat percentage is another important factor because protein requirements really are based off of how much muscle you have, right? So somebody, two people who may weigh 200 pounds, if one of them is leaner and has more muscle mass, they will need to consume more protein so that they'll be on the higher end of that range compared to somebody who has more body fat and still weighs the same because they have less muscle mass. And lastly is your energy status. If you're in a calorie deficit, you'll need more protein because when you're in an energy deficit, you're eating less calories, so less of that protein is spared for building muscle. Remember earlier I mentioned that protein is used for other bodily functions as well? Well, protein can also be used for energy production. Right? And you don't want the protein that you're being that you're consuming being used for energy production and not building muscle. So if you're in an energy deficit, a higher protein recommendation may be recommended. Now, on the flip side of that, if you are younger, if you have more body fat, and if you are not in a calorie deficit, you could probably get away with consuming the lower end of that range. Now, I honestly wouldn't recommend the lower end of that range for most people, like myself. I would never only consume 140 grams of protein, even though I'm not in a calorie deficit and I'm relatively young. And it's because you likely get a slight benefit of being on the higher end of that range, right? And it just covers all your bases. There's nothing inherently wrong with eating more protein, and eating more protein may be slightly beneficial for building muscle. Now, the only people I would recommend being on the lower end of that range is people that just naturally don't really like high protein foods and we'll talk about those in a second but if you have a hard time eating protein and you fit the qualifications to be lower on that uh, range then there's probably nothing wrong with that okay so so far we've talked about why protein is important what are general protein recommendations as well as variables that influence how much protein you should be consuming the next thing we need to talk about is different types of protein does it matter where your protein is coming from in general, we can classify protein in two major groups, okay? Animal-based proteins, that would be meat, dairy, cheese, which is dairy, yogurt, etc. And you can have plant-based sources of protein, right? All foods contain protein. Of course, the concentration or the amount of protein in different foods varies widely. In general, animal-based foods are higher in protein compared to plant-based foods, now, the question is, if you consume the same amount of protein from animals or from plants, does it really matter? And let's talk about some variables here. In general, protein from animal sources is higher quality. First off, the amino acid profile. What are amino acids? Okay, so proteins are these big molecular structures that are made out of smaller things called amino acids, okay? So amino acids are these small molecules that come together to form proteins. And these amino acids are really what our body uses to build muscle, okay? There's 20 different amino acids. Nine of them are essential amino acids, meaning that we have to get them from our diet because we cannot produce them. Our bodies can't produce them. Our bodies can produce the other 11 amino acids, but nine of them are essential and our body can't produce them. Most animal sources of protein have adequate amounts of those nine essential amino acids, okay? So that's what we call 
a complete protein. So most animal proteins are what we call complete proteins because they contain adequate amounts of all nine essential amino acids. And a little fun fact here, of those nine essential amino acids, there's one of them that's the most important for stimulating muscle protein synthesis. It's called leucine. And most animal-based protein sources are very good sources of leucine. So from a quality standpoint, muscle protein or animal protein tends to be better than plant-based proteins. Most plant-based proteins do not contain all nine essential amino acids in appropriate quantities. So they may be lower in some and higher in others and vice versa. Now, the workaround of that is, and by the way, that's what we would call an incomplete protein. An incomplete protein is a protein that doesn't have the appropriate amounts of all nine essential amino acids. Okay, now the workaround is that if you consume a wide variety of different plant-based protein sources, they complement each other to get the adequate amount of these essential amino acids, right? Because uh, let's say that this one plant-based protein is like high in four of those nine essential amino acids and low in the other five, and you might have some other plant-based proteins that are actually high in those five and low in the other four, so they complement each other and you get a sufficient amount of all of the essential amino acids. Hey guys, some of you may not know that I'm the scientific advisor for a supplement company called Outwork Nutrition. I help with the formulation of new products to help ensure that they're effective and backed by science. Unlike many other supplement companies out there, we don't rely on exaggerated claims or flashy marketing tactics. Instead, we let the science speak for itself. We take pride in formulating products that deliver real results, helping you achieve your fitness goals in a meaningful way. If you're in the market for supplements like protein powder, pre-workout, or recovery products, make sure to check us out at outworknutrition.com. And as a thank you for being an avid listener of this podcast, use code Joey for an exclusive discount at checkout. You can find the link to our website down in the description of this podcast episode. Remember, our goal is to empower you with science-backed supplements that truly make a difference. Choose Outwork Nutrition and elevate your fitness to new heights. Aside from protein quality, animal-based protein sources seem to be more digestible as well, right? So you actually digest and absorb more of the protein from animal-based sources compared to plant-based sources. And this is likely because there's a ton of other nutrients in plants like fiber and other nutrients that actually uh, slightly com compete with the digestion and absorption of protein in those plants. So if we just look at like quality of protein, animal-based protein really does seem to win. Now the question is, how much does that actually matter? Can you build muscle mainly consuming plant-based proteins and not consuming any animal-based proteins? And the answer is absolutely, okay? Because the research pretty clearly shows now that if you consume adequate amounts of total protein, it doesn't really matter where your protein is coming from, you're still going to maximally build muscle, okay? So if you follow a vegetarian or a vegan diet, and let's say you should be consuming 200 grams of protein based on the recommendations that I mentioned before. If you consume total, uh, an adequate amount of total protein, you're going to be good. You're going to cover your bases. It doesn't really matter if it's coming mainly from plants or from animals, even though on paper, animal-based proteins seem to be of a higher quality, right? And that's just because, again, you're consuming an appropriate amount of total protein so these smaller variables don't really matter all that much now if you were consuming an insufficient amount of protein then i would definitely argue that consuming more animal-based protein sources is going to be beneficial 
If we talk about that range again of 1.4 to about 2 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight, we can argue that another variable there is protein source. If you're mainly consuming plant-based proteins, you probably want to be on the higher end of that range because of the reasons I just explained, right? So that would be another variable that influences protein requirements. If you're on the lower end of that range, 1.4 grams per kilogram of body weight, and you're consuming mainly plant-based protein sources, you'd probably be better off consuming more total protein because of the variables that I just mentioned regarding protein quality, right? So just to cover your basis, if you are a plant-based athlete or individual, consuming more total protein is probably best just to cover all of your bases. If you mainly eat animal-based protein sources, you can probably get away with being slightly lower in terms of total protein intake. And if you're an omnivore, like 90% of the population, and you eat both animals and plants, you probably don't have to worry about this at all. Just worry about consuming an adequate amount of total protein. Now, aside from protein source, aka where your protein is coming from, we need to address, does it matter when you eat your protein? This is what we call protein timing. Does it matter if you have all of your protein in one meal? Does it matter if you space it out evenly throughout the day? Should you have six smaller meals with a little bit of protein? Should you have three bigger meals with uh, more protein? Does it really matter? Let's go ahead and dive into this. So in theory, check this out. We mentioned earlier that the reason protein is important is because it stimulates muscle protein synthesis. Okay, so you eat protein it stimulates muscle protein synthesis, you're going to grow some muscle. We need to get a little bit more into the nitty-gritty here. A bolus of protein, which is just how much protein you have in one sitting, is what's going to stimulate muscle protein synthesis. The research pretty clearly shows that you want to consume at least 25 to 40 grams of protein in one sitting to maximally stimulate muscle protein synthesis. So if you're just having very small amounts, like 10 grams at once, it's probably not optimal theoretically okay and i'm using the word theoretically here on purpose i'll discuss why in a second and then having a huge bolus like having your 200 grams of protein in one sitting is probably also not the best theoretically aside from the fact that 25 to 40 grams is what maximally stimulates muscle protein synthesis that muscle protein synthesis response is elevated after consuming protein and returns back to baseline within about four to six hours again There's a range there because it depends on some variables like protein source, how much protein you ate, etc. But in general, within four to six hours, it returns to baseline. So in theory, if you want to maximize the, the muscle protein synthetic response, you want to consume between 25 to 40 grams of protein every four to six hours. So in theory, protein timing does matter. And to take that a step further, you probably want to have an additional bolus of protein right before going to bed. Because obviously when we go to bed, we're not eating for about eight hours, and that's a good amount of time where you're not stimulating stimulating muscle protein synthesis. So it makes sense to have a bolus of protein right before going to bed. So you stimulate that muscle protein synthesis response while you're asleep. And in theory, you're making gains while you're sleeping, right? Now, I keep using the word in theory, Because when we look at the research on protein timing, again, it doesn't really seem to matter if you're eating sufficient total protein. So whether you have it in three meals, six meals, two meals, it doesn't really seem to differentially affect muscle growth. Now, I do think there is some limitation to these research studies. Like, they're not really 
long-term studies, right? A 12-week or a six-month study is not a long-term study. And we know that total protein intake is by far the most important variable. And if protein timing matters, which I think it does, it's going to matter to a much lesser extent, right? So when something has a small effect, it takes a long period of time to really tease out those small differences. Perhaps one of the reasons why we're not seeing any differences in the research is because the study duration simply isn't as long, right? So if I had all of my protein in just two sittings, 100 grams for breakfast, 100 grams during another meal, and that's it, versus consuming, let's say, 40 grams of protein and doing that over four or five sittings throughout the day, and one of those is right before bed, the question is, how long would it really take of doing that consistently to see considerable changes in my muscle mass. It would probably take a really long time to conclusively say that the five meals with 40 grams evenly spacing out the protein throughout the day is more beneficial. So while the research shows that it's not really an important variable, I would argue that if you really care about like squeezing out every ounce of muscle from your training, then it probably does matter slightly. And I don't think it's accurate to say it doesn't matter at all because theoretically it makes sense, right? So for me, I usually have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I have about 50 grams of protein for each of those meals. I usually have dinner around 6.30ish. And then I will have one more bolus of protein typically before bed around 9 or 9.30 p.m. Because I do think it matters, okay? But again, if you guys, if you're somebody who doesn't care about squeezing 1% more gains out of your training like it doesn't matter you don't have to stress yourself out about it if you're resistance training mainly for health related reasons and you just want to be healthy you want to build some muscle you want to be a little bit stronger and you for some reason just eat two meals a day or three meals a day and you want to have your protein in uh just those two or three meals you're probably fine you don't have to worry about this at all it's not going to make a big difference okay so i think so far we've covered a lot of really important topics related to protein and you should now understand like how much protein you need, what kind of sources of protein should you be consuming, how should you be consuming your protein throughout the day. Another really important question to answer is, do you need to take a protein supplement to build muscle? This is one of those questions that I get all of the time on Instagram. And I think it comes from a misunderstanding of what protein supplements are. Whey protein powder, for example, is nothing but protein isolated from milk. Okay, so when you produce cheese, not you, or like when companies produce cheese, right? There are two main proteins found in milk, casein and whey protein. When you produce cheese, you're actually like curdling the milk and it's a lot of the casein protein that is being used to form the cheese. And then the leftover is all of this fluid, which a lot of it is water, and there's a good amount of whey protein in there as well. So then you take that byproduct of cheese production and you process it further and you isolate the whey protein. So whey protein isn't a supplement, something that's like artificial or like some magical muscle growth supplement. It's not unsafe by any means. Like it's literally just protein coming from dairy. It's very safe. It's very high quality. I use whey protein on a daily basis, but by no means do you need to have a protein supplement. The only reason why so many people use protein supplements, it's because it helps them get their total daily protein intake. What matters is how much protein you eat in a day, okay? So if you get that from Whole Foods, you don't need a protein supplement. Most people don't consume enough protein from Whole Foods, and so a protein supplement can be a nice add-on to help you get that protein uh, that you need, 
right? So for me, cons consuming 200 grams of protein, it can be quite difficult. I have 50 grams for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's already a ton of protein from Whole Foods. And then before bed, I have about two scoops of whey protein, Outwork Nutrition, of course. Use code Joey, get yours today, it's delicious. Uh, but I'll just, jokes aside, I'll have two scoops of protein to get an additional 50 grams before going to bed, right? And so it just helps me meet my protein requirements, but I know that by no means do I need to be taking a protein supplement. All right, guys, I think that covers the majority of questions that people have with regards to protein specifically for building muscle. There are two more questions I want to address, and I'll just lump them together here. And it's, you know, is a high protein diet dangerous? Like, This is one of those things that's been perpetuated for so long, often by the medical community, saying that protein can increase the risk of cancer, protein can increase the risk of kidney damage and kidney disease. And it's just not true at all. Like, it's not true, okay? So first off, if we look at longitudinal data, if we look at cross-sectional studies, there isn't really a strong relationship between protein consumption and these uh, diseases. Um, studies that do show that seem to have other confounding variables, right? Like people that eat a ton of protein are probably eating a ton of saturated fat as well, especially if they're mainly eating it from fatty meat sources because... Beef, for example, tends to be high in saturated fat. It's also high in protein. We know that saturated fat increases the risk of cancer. It's likely not protein itself, okay? Mechanistically, people like to say that protein may cause cancer because it increases uh, the activity of this molecule known as mTOR, M-T-O-R, okay? And mTOR is the molecule that essentially starts this muscle protein synthesis response. So that's how protein stimulates muscle protein synthesis. It actually stimulates mTOR activity. Then mTOR activates muscle protein synthesis. mTOR is also involved in tumor growth. Okay, so it's like people often talk about protein causing cancer or tumor growth or tumor progression because it activates mTOR. Right? And the thing is mTOR is a signaling molecule that's pretty much present in like all of your tissues. And it's and it's involved in growth of tissues, whether that's muscle tissue, whether that's a tumor, etc. right? What we need to look at is where is protein activating mTOR? And it's mainly in the muscle tissue. So it's tissue specific, right? I haven't seen any strong data showing that protein consumption increases mTOR activity in tumors and thus causes tumor progression. That data doesn't really exist, right? So it's like they're blaming this one molecule, but they're not going a little bit deeper and talking about the nuance here where it's tissue specific. It's really important to look at those things. When it comes to kidney damage, one of the reasons why people think that protein causes kidney damage is because when we consume protein and we digest protein, we produce what's called urea as a byproduct. And urea has to be filtered from our blood by our kidneys, and then we excrete it through our urine, right? So the thing, so urea is used as a biomarker um, of kidney function, right? Because if you have high blood urea, it means that your, your kidneys aren't working properly, essentially. And that is true for people who don't consume a high-protein diet, right? Urea itself is not the issue. Urea is just being used as a biomarker to tell us whether or not there's something going on with the kidneys, whether or not the ki kidneys are properly filtering your blood to produce urine, right? 
So what happens is if you consume more protein, you're producing more urea, but that doesn't mean that your kidneys aren't functioning properly. It just means that you're eating more protein. In individuals who don't consume enough protein, if they have kidney issues, they have higher blood urea content. That's where it's coming from. Urea itself is not the issue. It's just like a biomarker that we use. And so when you eat more protein, you have more urea. You also have higher creatinine levels, slightly higher creatinine levels. It's the same type of, of uh, uh, mechanism there and thought process. But when it comes down to it, if we look at studies that purposefully implement high-protein diets and look at kidney function, it does not seem that protein adversely affects kidney function, okay? So there's really nothing to worry about when it comes to kidney health or cancer risk with higher protein diets. It's just not true. Like mechanistically, people speculate this and that, but when we look at the actual outcome data, there's nothing there. There's no evidence showing that protein causes those things. Anyways, guys, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and learned a ton about protein Again, if you guys enjoyed this episode and if you guys have enjoyed my podcast so far, take a second to leave a rating and review the podcast and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I love you guys. Catch you all in next week's episode. Peace.